0: welcome to the eric erickson show podcast hour one i'm back welcome it is eric erickson here the eric erickson show nationwide i hope you guys had a tremendously fantastic new year's and a very merry christmas it is still technically christmas remember it is still technically christmas my lights are still up why because there are 12 days of christmas christmas 20th january december 25th is not the 12th day it's the first day of christmas my wife is beside herself, like, get rid of the lights. No, 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 no. On the 5th, on the 5th, the lights turn off. They they stay nonstop lit until the 5th, and then they turn off, and then you have Epiphany the next day. It's Mardi Gras season. You make a king's cake and start drinking. Your, your dry January lasts until January 6th. <laughs> Welcome. Glad to have you. The phone number, what is it? 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Is that right? I believe that is right. We will take your phone calls. By the way, important housekeeping announcement as of today. Uh, My my producer, call screener, director programming for the syndicated side of the show is now full-time, like, on my payroll. It's kind of intimidating. And I have an office outside the house and outside uh, WSB, my flagship station. It's kind of weird, although I'm not there yet because the Internet has not been installed. Now... We must begin with the big news. If you want the show notes, text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Show notes just came out. Uh, Just got it in my box. Uh, As the show starts, you can follow along with me. We've got to get to the Kevin McCarthy fight out of the gate. I want to go back in time. When John Boehner was Speaker of the House, conservatives said, you don't want this guy as your speaker, it would not be good, and it was a small number of conservatives And those conservatives were pilloried, they were bullied, they were badgered, they were heckled. Fox News, uh, the New York Post, all the conservative outlets in America, all the conservative pundits on social media, they attacked all these guys who said John Boehner was bad news until they memory hold it all. And like, oh yeah, John Boehner was terrible. We're seeing the same thing now happen with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has no business being Speaker of the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy is the chief opportunist in the United States House. Say what you will about Nancy Pelosi, and we've all said much. Nancy Pelosi at least had principles. You knew she was a progressive. Why should we as conservatives settle for an opportunist who will turn on a dime the moment it's convenient for him? Kevin McCarthy is not about the Republican Party. Kevin McCarthy is not about conservatives. Kevin McCarthy is about Kevin McCarthy. And yet yet again, in the exact same scenario, all the conservatives who are saying no, 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 They're being bullied. They're being attacked. How dare you? This just helps the Democrats. The House of Representatives, it's a mockery. How dare you not back Kevin McCarthy? Same thing they did on the John Boehner scenario. I, You know, I got to say, it is refreshing to me to some degree to see the attacks incoming even on myself on this one. The amount of people out there today who are attacking me and attacking these conservatives for not backing Kevin McCarthy. It's the exact same opportunists of the GOP who did everything possible to stop Ted Cruz from getting their presidential nomination in 2016, including going with Donald Trump, a man they loathe because they would rather an opportunist like Trump than a man of principle conviction like Ted Cruz back in 2016. Same phenomenon happening now. All the principled conservatives, they're being attacked. Oh, well, they're nut jobs. Oh, well, they're opportunists. Oh, well, they're media whores. Oh, well, they're they're just grand staring They really don't have a plan. The plan is to end Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House of Representatives because he's an opportunist. Well, who's your alternative? Well, there are 218 or so who would be better than Kevin McCarthy. Notice they've got about 222 members, so that excludes Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos and Fred Upton. You've still got about 218 more qualified. qualified better principled candidates. Even a principled moderate would be better than Kevin McCarthy, the opportunist. And how bad is McCarthy? You know, when uh, he was not originally the majority leader, he was the chief whip, the second ranking Republican, and he was terrible at counting votes. We've been told now the media narrative for the last three weeks has been it's five members, five holdouts. It's Rosedale of, of Montana. It's Bishop from North Carolina. It's um, uh, who else? It's Andy Biggs of Arizona. Possibly Chip Roy of Texas. Maybe one other. Uh, there are five holders. Turns out it's more than twenty. Turns out it's more than twenty. Now I understand the pressure being brought to bear. It's friends of mine in Congress. Rich McCormick, Barry Loudermilk, Georgia Congressman, Don Bacon, who I actually like. He's hes moderate Nebraska congressman, but I, I, I like the guy a lot. They're all voting for Kevin McCarthy. The pressure being brought to bear to be team players out there, it, it's tremendous. Look at the attacks these conservatives are getting. But I'm with the conservatives, and you should be with the conservatives as well. Defeating Kevin McCarthy in and of itself is a good thing. Why? The entirety of the Republican establishment and K Street, all the congressional negotiators, all of the big businesses of America, they have presumed Kevin McCarthy would become Speaker of the House of Representatives. Getting rid of Kevin McCarthy and upending those plans is one of the best things conservatives could do for small government. Why? Because K Street has hired all the people who know how to talk to him. The lobbyists and big businesses of America have all readied their arguments to be Kevin McCarthy-centric. All the staffers have been hired in a line to woo Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Getting rid of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House would be the most disruptive thing possible. All of the game plans of the big businesses who depend on big government would be disrupted. And for perspective, Kevin McCarthy has never been able to get a budget passed in the House without relying on liberal Democrats to grow the government with him. This would end that. Who are the alternatives? Well, there's certainly Steve Scalise. He's the number two of the Republicans, a man who survived a mass assassination attempt by Democrats, by a a left-wing Democrat, Bernie Bernie Sanders supporter. This is a man who could absolutely uh, respond to the Democratic attacks on gun control. I had a member of Congress tell me, well, you know, if we allow open rules, this is one of the things the conservatives want. They want open Congress. What does that mean? The leadership will not be able to draft the legislation. It will have to go through the legislative process. And leadership says if it goes through the legislative process, you're going to have a handful of Republicans who go with the Democrats and give us gun control. It'll be blocked by the filibuster in the Senate or killed by federal judges. Your nightmare scenario of what might happen if Congress works is irrelevant to the fact that Congress is supposed to work and these deals with this leadership have prevented Congress from working. You all remember the whole how a bill becomes a law stuff, don't you? The schoolhouse rock song, how a bill becomes a law, I'm just a bill. You gotta get through Congress, you gotta you actually gotta get the votes from both houses of Congress. You all remember that, right? That's not the way Congress actually works right now. The way Congress works right now is the leadership of the government in Congress writes a piece of legislation. That legislation is written behind closed doors by the leadership at the behest of the Speaker of the House. The members of the majority are then strong armed into supporting it without ever being given the opportunity to read the legislation. They wait until the last possible moment when crisis cannot be averted and tell all the holdouts, if you don't vote for this today, the whole of government shuts down and economic calamity ensues and it's on your fault. It's on you, your fault. And they demand the members of Congress go along for the ride. That's actually something new that happened towards the end of the Bush administration. When Republicans were trying to hang on, things were becoming fractious in 2006, they knew they're going to lose, they started a top-down approach. What used to happen before then is that a member of Congress wrote legislation. It was submitted into the hopper. It was assigned to a committee. It was voted on and improved or degraded by committee and then brought to the floor for a vote where it then went to the other house, which did the same thing. They both reconciled their legislation and went to the president for signature. That sounds familiar to you? Well, it probably should be a little familiar to you. It is the way that Congress was supposed to work. It was the way Congress was designed to work. It was the way the Constitution intended it to work. You remember these little ditties? Gonna have a circus will say it's a fine one, son. Gonna have- You got the three-ring circus of government, and then you also had this one. You sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. You know know the legislation. I'm just a bill. And you got to get through. That's not how it works right now in about 2005-2006, the Republican leader scrapped the process. It was embraced by the Democrats. Top down, always careening from crisis to crisis. We did not used to have government shut down after government shut down, after government shut down, after debt ceiling increase, after debt ceiling increase, after debt ceiling increase. The leadership of the Congress manufactures the crises and demands the legislators vote sight unseen from the legislation. And the conservatives are saying, stop this. We might actually lose. We might actually not get our way, but we would prefer an open process where we go back to actually legislating instead of being Fox News talking heads until the moment you call us in to stop a crisis. That's what this is about. Kevin McCarthy is the greatest opportunist walking the halls of Congress. The moment you are expendable to him, he expends you, expels you, and ignores you. He has no principles other than what's good for Kevin McCarthy. And he should be stopped. He does not have the votes for the good of the party and the good of the country. He should step aside. Stop telling these 20 conservatives to step aside and vote for Kevin McCarthy. They have no intention of doing so. Kevin McCarthy could step aside. There are at least 218 other members who would be better than him. They will not step forward until he is put aside because... They don't want to be bullied, badgered, and harassed by the conservative mouthpieces in the media who are taking the Republican line. This is the thing that just pisses me off altogether about this is watching these conservative commentators, talking heads, talk radio show hosts, all hump Kevin McCarthy's leg. Haven't we been through this before? The man has no principles. Why are you on his side instead of the side of the conservatives? All these people who claim to be conservatives certainly are willing to get in bed with the leadership as quickly as possible, particularly when that leadership is opportunistic leadership with no principle whatsoever. Where are the principled conservatives outside of this show telling people have the backs of the conservatives? Side with the conservatives. Get rid of the opportunists. Any other member of Congress on the right would be better. And this idea that these Republicans would suddenly put Hakeem Jeffries in or a Democrat in is nonsense. They just got back the House of Representatives. They're not going to hand leadership to the Democrats. No, they're not. They will find a better conservative. They will find a better Republican. They might find a moderate Republican, but at least it'll be a moderate Republican with convictions because there is no one better than Kevin McCarthy at being an opportunist. They will find someone who's less of an opportunist, more of a principled person, and at least with a principled person, you always know where you stand. With an opportunist, you never know unless you're convenient for that person. This is a good fight. It's a fight worth having. It's also a fight. Forget all of the the hysteria about, oh, it degrades the House. You know, the Democrats kept saying, if you don't give us what we want, if you don't vote Democrat, democracy dies. And now the Republican leaders, the alternative establishment mouthpiece are like, if you don't give us what Kevin McCarthy wants, the House dies. No, it doesn't. He doesn't get it just because he climbed the top rung. It's time to take him off the ladder altogether and find someone who isn't an opportunist, who has some principles and convictions to be leader of the House. Again, say what you will about Nancy Pelosi, and I've said much. At least you knew where she stood on the issues. Kevin McCarthy doesn't know where he stands on the issues until he takes a poll, and the moment the wind shifts, he shifts his position. And a person like that should not be the Speaker of the House of Representatives two heartbeats away from the presidency. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L and branch.com. the promo code is Eric E-R-I-C-K Bull and Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that gets softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlinBranch.com. That's BolandBranch B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code ERIC. My buddy David, he texted me yesterday. And he said, it, it, "My mom, Mary Cannon, it's her birthday. And would you wish her happy birthday?" And then he texted right back. And says, "Oh, I'm 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 sorry. That was shameful. I shouldn't ask you on your radio program." To uh, my my buddy David got me into fly fishing, and we haven't I, I've hardly gone this past year. My resolution this year is more golf, more fly fishing. Don't really do resolutions, but nonetheless, happy birthday, uh, Mrs. Cannon, uh, David's mom. And uh, I don't know whether they're listening right now or not, but had I been here yesterday, I would have done it. Um, he's a super guy, uh, well-raised guy, no less. So um, we go fly fishing and his buddy Matt and I will have a glass of bourbon. But David, nope, he's a good and Baptist. <laughs> I really want to go fishing. Y'all, you know, this, this New Year thing, I, I don't actually like the New Year celebration. I love the Christmas celebration. I think the New Year celebration steps on the 12 days of Christmas. The problem is uh, there are all these stories out today. Oh, the things we have forward uh, to look forward to in 2023. Uh, You know, 2022 was what, three, four days ago? You still got the same problems. Ukraine, still a problem. Russia, Iran, China, COVID, The deficit, the debt, the coming recession, the economy, Joe Biden, the Democrats, the left, still all problems. These problems haven't changed. They haven't gone away. uh, And they're not going to go away anytime soon. One of the weird things about Donald Trump's administration, Donald Trump's presidency, up until COVID hit, is that every day there was something brand new to talk about. There was something happening nonstop Uh, There was never a day that went by that the news story didn't change. You never knew what it was going to be. Then COVID hit. It's like everything and everyone hit the brakes. And it was the same monotonous story day after day after day. And it, it started to speed up again during the election cycle. And you got to Joe Biden and then you hit Afghanistan. And it was, again, the same story day after day after day, and then it became the election and COVID and the like. It's it's just um, remarkable. It's remarkable, the stagnation in the storylines. And of course, now we have the excitement of uh, George Santos. It's very weird to see, um, to, to see, Marjorie Taylor Greene siding with Kevin McCarthy against the conservatives. I mean, what deal did they cut for him to get her vote? I've had all these people tell me, I mean, you're on the side of Lauren Boebert and Matt Ga- Gates. What, what's going on here? I'm like, you're on the side of Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos. But by and large, the storylines haven't changed. The drama is just rather bizarre. Uh, it just just really is is kind of an odd pacing. Now, when we come back, I will take your phone calls, 877-972-7425. I I will take your calls. But also, importantly, we got to talk about what happened in the Bills-Spengals game last night and the rush of so many on the right to not just immediately conclude it had to be the vaccine, but also when doctors came forward with their speculation, to immediately as non-experts tell everyone why it could not possibly be the thing that the experts said it probably was. Social media is doing a very good job now of teaching people to believe falsity and not truth. It's remarkable to watch the reaction and the blowback happening, and it captures kind of the times we're in, and I wanna talk about that, when we come back, right here, the Eric Erickson Show, fresh for the new year. I am back. Happy New Year. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation, continuing to grow. Uh, glad to have you be a part of this. I want to turn my attention to last night in the Bills-Bengals game. Now, they're they're playing uh, a, an important series of games in the NFL right now to determine who who's getting in to... Playoffs headed into the Super Bowl, and so this was this was a game that needed to be played. And yet, in the first quarter, I was watching it. I was on my front porch, did not have a cigar, just was having a beer, watching the game. And Demar Hamlin tackled one of the Demar Hamlin is on the Bills tackles one of the Bengals who has the ball stands up from the tackle, and then falls over backwards, lifeless. They did CPR on him for nine minutes on the field before getting him in an ambulance. He remains in critical condition. It was a cardiac event. The players, you could tell, thought he had died. I watched that game last night, and I understood the reaction of some people that, well, you got to continue the game until it really did become fairly clear that there was more to it than an injury. It appears he died on the field. Now, he was resuscitated. They did CPR for nine minutes. They gave him oxygen. They put him on a stretcher. They hauled an ambulance out to the field. This was the first time In NFL history, something like this has happened on the field. There have been major injuries where they've had to bring out ambulances and the like, but nothing like this. It was an unusual event. They wound up uh, postponing the game altogether. And after the first fifteen minutes or so, once they had removed him, I I kind of—I had some friends. They wound up deleting their tweets saying oh the game's got to go on the game's got to go on now this was very clear you had crying players on both sides one of the things i found very remarkable about what happened last night was how so many of the players and coaching staff on both teams surrounded mar hamlin and immediately got on their knees and started praying that doesn't get talked about the espn commentary didn't want to show what was happening on the field uh, for a lot of good reasons they didn't want to but it kind of overshadowed the fact of how many of these people We're now surrounding his body on the field, all in prayer. People forget about God until the moment they need him. But there's something else that happened that I'm deeply annoyed by, and and some of you may get mad at me for talking about this. When there's a shooting, when there's a shooting of any kind that gets public notoriety, The reaction of the left is immediately probably a MAGA, probably someone on the right, probably a Trump supporter, probably a white nationalist. Unfortunately, on the right now, when someone collapses on a field, an athlete collapses on a field, the immediate reaction is, I wonder if he had the COVID shot. In fact, I I had a buddy of mine texted me last night and said his mother-in-law, her immediate reaction was, I bet he got the shot. There is a conspiratorial strain on the right that has amplified uh, the exception to the rule, very postmodern on the COVID shots. You know, COVID is more likely to cause you a cardiac event, long-term cardiac damage, than the mRNA shot. It is true the mRNA shots and the vaccines have caused cardiac problems for some people, but it's not the norm. It's the exception to the rule. For people on the right to immediately see what happened last night, and by the way, this was a forceful tackle. DeMar Hamlin was tackling. The Bengals player ran into his chest at full speed. DeMar Hamlin got up and fell over. Many cardiac surgeons who watched the game last night were immediately on Twitter saying what they suspected it was. Commodio cordis, or I forget the name of it, but essentially where your heart is beating and the impact to the chest interrupts the beat and stops the heart and you've got to be resuscitated. What I found very interesting is you had a number of the COVID skeptic voices and the anti-vaccine voices rushing, who are not experts, who are not in the medical field, rushing out immediately saying, oh, well, they're going to say it's this, but we all know it's the shot. Don't believe them when they say this. That's what the sheeple are going to say. And and really, these are the, the sheep herders of the sheeple out there say, no, it's got to be the vaccine. I need to explain to you again what's going on here because this is a, a deeply problematic epoch that our society is in. Uh, We're into postmodern thinking. Now, what is postmodern thinking? You hear it all the time and you just don't notice it. So there is, a, there is an element of thought now, and this derives from uh, French philosophers, which should tell you it's bad. Not only that, uh, French socialist philosophers who are also uh, kid touchers. I'm not making that up. Uh, the, the the advent of postmodern thinking comes from French philosophers who were child molesters. And they wanted to be able to defend it by, well, it was it was consensual and emotive between the two. I'm, I'm really, I'm not making that up. And the strain of postmodern thinking is this. Because someone does not experience the world in the way the rest of us experience the world, their exception must be elevated to the rule. So there are colorblind people in the world. They do not see colors the way we see colors. So they do not see the grass as green or the sky is blue. Therefore, you can't say that the sky is blue and the grass is green. You can't say that the that's, that's now the exception. And the rule is that it's some other color. And who's to say we all see the same color anyway? We don't live in each other's shoes, so we can't really generalize like that. We hear it specifically in transgenderism and the transgender cult out there. Says because some people are born intersex, some people are born uh, with the traits of male and female due to genetic anomalies. We can't actually say gender is binary. And because gender is bi- not binary, we could have she's and Z's and Zers and hers and his and, and, and you name it. They take the exception and say, the exception must now become the rule for everyone. Even though that's the small side of things, we must elevate it to the rule and the big side of things becomes the exception. So we're no longer allowed to assign our children gender at birth based on their physical characteristics. The other is uh, very common these days on police. Because there are some corrupt police, therefore all police are corrupt, and and it's systemic racism. We hear that a lot with postmodern thinking on the left. On the right now, we have the vaccine. The COVID vaccine indisputably causes myocarditis in some young men in particular. COVID itself has caused heart problems in people. But we're talking about a vaccine that has been administered to uh, 20 to, to, I I think, globally, something like uh, well over a billion people. And very few of them actually get the heart problems. But because some do now, on the right, people want to say, well, if someone collapsed, it was probably the vaccine. Now, I need you to give you the data on this. This year. We are three days into this year, and this year, 356,000 Americans alone, just in this country, 356,000 Americans are going to drop dead of a sudden cardiac event. That number has not actually gone up. It's gone down from 2010. There are actually fewer people this year will fall over dead of a sudden cardiac event than 2010. But because of the conspiracy mongering out there among the anti-vaccine crowd, they immediately jumped to, well, it could have been the vaccine. The thing that boggles my mind in the DeMar Hamlin situation, though, is the impact. I mean, you're talking about uh, two NFL players colliding at high speed on the field, and he falls over, and the immediate reaction was, oh, it must have been the vaccine. It's not unreasonable for a certain subset of highly online conservative people who are whipped into anxiety about the COVID vaccine to jump there. But to do that is really no different than people on the left looking at, at someone who uh, got shot and say, well, I bet the shooter was a Trump supporter. It's, it's the same thing. It's trying to control a narrative and the agenda to do that as opposed to making it fact based. My buddy Greg just texted me, by the way, on this, and said this got overshadowed last night. Chuck Hughes uh, died on the field. He was um, in the Bears. He raced downfield. Uh, Greg Landry threw the ball. He was incomplete. He fell over dead. Chuck Hughes was 28 years old. It was October 24th, 1971. The commentators last night all said this had never happened on the field before. And actually, there it did. It happened on the field. By the way, uh, this this commocio cordis or whatever, it actually is pretty common. Uh, it's not always fatal. In fact, it happened to a hockey player a few years ago in the middle of a hockey game. And he went on to play uh, a number of additional seasons in the NHL. My concern is how we live in these postmodern times now, and people on the left and the right now are taking the exceptions to become the rules. They're taking the the one-off, okay, if some people have had problems with the COVID vaccine, well, this guy falls over dead. It must happen. Do you know that uh, basketball is the most common for sudden cardiac arrest while playing? One in 8,900 basketball players globally will drop dead of sudden cardiac arrest. Among football players, it's about one in 35,000. Uh, is soccer players are actually second highest after after basketball. This has long been studied. In 2009, there was a study. In 2014, 2015, and 2016. In fact, the number has actually gone up. As the number of total sudden cardiac arrests have gone down over the last decade, the number of sudden cardiac arrests among athletes has gone up, uh, and not just since the COVID vaccine, but over the last decade, it's gone up from a few hundred a year to a few thousand a year. And uh, believe it or not, the, 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 this, uh, the people on the other side of it are not going for COVID vaccine. They're going for class climate change, the heat stroke, you know, as opposed to other things. Everybody wants to impute their agenda into this. But the most disturbing thing is that uh, America watching the football game last night saw a young man fall out on the field, potentially die. And the rush of many online conservatives was to turn it into a political agenda about the COVID vaccine in the same damn way that, progressives in the middle of a tragic shooting immediately vilify the cops or claim it had to have been a Trump supporter who did it. They have become each other. The online right and the online left have become each other, and they have no shame about it, and they defend themselves about it. They they justify their actions about it. They can't turn back and realize I've become the other side. And what it is as well is it's a faith-based belief now. You can't rationalize with them. You can't reason with them because it's by faith they believe that the vaccine did this. By faith, the left believes only white supremacists are out there gunning people down. By faith, they believe that the facts do not matter. It is a by faith belief and they won't be shaken in their faith. And that's what makes it hard to deal with and hard to talk about because I, I'm already seeing I can get the hate mail poured in right now from people who are upset with me for even talking about this. A man nearly died on the field last night. In very good shape. We have no idea whether he had the vaccine or not. Uh, or not. And the very first reaction was of people was to politicize it. Just asking questions about the COVID vaccine. It's kind of insane, and I, I, I don't even understand or relate to the people who don't recognize the insanity of seeing a man have someone's shoulder at high speed slam into his chest, he falls over, cardiac event, and their first reaction was not that the impact of the event caused it, but it uh, must have been the COVID vaccine. It's kind of insane, we live in these insane times, and everyone on the right says it's just people on the left like this. No, 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 I want you to understand there are crazy people on the right too, and they all need our prayer and help. It just, it's, it's disappointing particularly among some friends, but you know the crazy thing about it, in all honesty, if I had to write out a list of people I know on social media who would immediately jump to, must have been the COVID vaccine, as opposed to the really sharp tackle with the elbow right into the chest, I could have gotten 100% of the names accurate. And that should tell them something, but it won't tell them anything, that I could identify immediately the ones who would do that. Now, I wanna identify you as a Patriot Mobile subscriber because you will be saving some money and getting top-notch service and helping the conservative movement if you do. All you gotta do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and you can move your cell service to Patriot Mobile. Now, you don't have to worry about it. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. You get guaranteed great service and they take a portion of their profits and support the conservative causes you care about from the second amendment to the life movement. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. You tell them I sent you and you get free activation with my name. You're talking to people who are 100% U.S.-based customer service. You're talking to people who want to give you guaranteed great service, who share your values and convictions. And all you have to do is call them at 972-PATRIOT or Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can see a detailed coverage map. You do not have to worry about the quality of coverage. You can see it all at PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You know, you should subscribe to the daily email. If you text the word data to 33777, you get 15% off. Um, In addition to getting all the free stuff, you get the detailed show notes uh, that the paid subscribers get. Uh, I got to play you some audio. This happened just a short time ago, a historic moment. The twentieth amendment to the Constitution. The chair declares the second session of the 117th Congress adjourned. Sinai die. That was Nancy Pelosi, her last time as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Happening now the vote for Speaker of the House. Vice. Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. Biggs. 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 Right now we're at 17 votes for McCarthy, 10 for Hakeem Jeffries, two for Andy Biggs. This vote's going to go on for a while, and Kevin McCarthy is not going to get 218 votes. Kevin McCarthy will not get 218 votes. You need a majority of the members present. Not a plurality, but an absolute majority of the members present, which means he needs 218 uh, the result of this is for the first time in over 100 years, a Speaker of the House of Representatives will not win on the first ballot, uh, and it's going to drag on. You've got at least five Republicans who are refusing to yield good. They shouldn't. Uh, any other Republican would be better. You should know I've gotten a couple of emails from listeners saying, uh, focus on the left, focus on the left, focus on the left, focus on the left. Why are you, why are you doing this? I'm a conservative before I'm a Republican. Unlike most of you listening, I was an elected Republican. But I'm an actual conservative first. Now, I know some people define conservative as you either supported Trump or not. I actually con—I believe conservatism comes from a matter of convictions and principles. And those convictions and principles lead me to say no to McCarthy. I wonder if these people would email Rush Limbaugh when he would criticize Republican leaders? Or is there a list of Republicans I'm allowed to criticize? So I can criticize McConnell, but not McCarthy. Can't criticize Trump, even though Trump is criticizing pro-lifers. What is this? Or how about you just listen or don't listen? How about that? Because I'm a conservative before I'm a Republican, and I don't know what the hell the Republicans stand for anymore. I was an elected Republican, and the only thing I can tell you Republicans stand for is not Joe Biden. They drive up the cost of government as much as Democrats, and when Kevin McCarthy was in charge of getting budgets passed, he always relied on liberal Democrats to get his budgets passed, and he continued to grow government. And I'm not supposed to stand up and call that out because you only want me to talk about the Democrats. I'm sorry, but I don't like any of them. They're all a bunch of cynical opportunists, and McCarthy is the worst of all the opportunists. There are some great people of conviction in the House and the Senate, and oftentimes, they go to fight their own side as a matter of principle and policy. And I'm not going to stand for them to be maligned when they're doing the right thing. I don't like being on the side of Matt Gates; He's an idiot. But he's on the right side here. McCarthy needs to go. And he's not getting the votes, it appears, which is a good thing. When we come back, we got to move on to the cult of death, speaking out on 60 Minutes.